We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it's May 3rd, it's 2021, and we have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening? Not a whole lot, just had a nice little weekend. Got vaccinated, stayed on the couch, did nothing. Now I'm ready to roll for a full week of baseball. Yeah, um, good weekend for me. NASCAR subscribers had a really good weekend. Uh, you know, it's always good when the content is on point and you have a good race, even though you catch a couple bad breaks and you still make money. It's always good. So ready for some baseball, ready to get back on it. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to superdraft.com. Sign up using promo code grinders for a $50 instant deposit, along with the 50% deposit match bonus up to $500. When you make your first deposit of $50 or more, if you haven't checked them out, love what they're doing over there. Uh, no salary caps, all multipliers and almost overlaying every single day. So, you know, rake is getting covered by the site, which let's change that because they're awesome sponsors of the podcast. We'll just let Grant pay the rake. Um, 
Yep. <laughs> we will have a we'll have a super draft play of the day uh later on in the podcast, but um we get started here at the top of things with Milwaukee at Philly, nine total. Uh Philly's a one fifteen favorite, very slight favorite here. Uh potential rain in this one. We got Hauser against uh Velasquez. Do you have any interest here in Hauser? Not really a low K rate guy, just a decent overall pitcher and a decent overall matchup, but 8.6 K it's far too expensive of a price tag 4.6 run total going up against him. Like it's just not like if he, he'd have to be seven K it's just a mispricing considering what his upside is. And like, he's a decent real life pitcher. He may go like not give up any runs, but overall he's not going to get you there in tournaments. I have no real interest in him. Um, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. I don't really like this spot. 18% K rate since the start of last season really struggles with lefties. They have enough lefties in this lineup. Like realistically, they might only have three righties plus the pitcher spot against Hauser. And I think that's enough to kind of stay away from him in this one. And then on the other side of this game, Velasquez, I mean, the matchup's not bad. This lineup kind of stinks, but Velasquez is a guy that can get strikeouts. Um, he's seven K. Do you have any interest here at this price, knowing the matchup? I do a lot. So, obviously, the first two, three games – really, the first two games of the season he was doing relief work was just incredibly wild. Like, first 1.2 innings had five walks. Next outing went two and a, two and a third inning, had three walks. The biggest thing on the season, he's sitting at an 18.3% walk rate. This is a guy in the past that we know he's going to give up bombs. We know mm-hmm. – that he can occasionally get a little wild, but overall he's a good strikeout pitcher. And this season he's been a good strikeout pitcher over the last two matchups, 67, 74 pitches. So even if he gets up in the 85 pitch range, I'm kind of okay with it. He's sitting at seven K he's going up against a lineup that's just straight up, not good. Like huge strikeout lineup. There's not a single, like if Wong's in the lineup, then he's not a huge strikeout bat outside of that. Everyone just strikes out a ton. Like he's striking out lefties at a pretty huge clip because he throws a pretty good changeup. He throws a pretty good curveball. So he's really more of a reverse split pitcher. Like he's a guy that can absolutely get it done. We've seen it before in the past. Big worries, home runs and walking, which this lineup, yes, there's a little bit of power. I mean, obviously Wong, Vogelbach, Shaw can all hit the ball to the ballpark. But overall, like this is a premier matchup for him. Milwaukee's been trash all season long. We've seen multiple different guys just absolutely mow through this lineup. The price tag if he can get to 85 or so pitches, then I'm I'm in. If he can get up to 90, which he got up to 74 in his last one, I'm absolutely in. Like, this is just too good of a matchup here. Milwaukee's lineup is trash. I have a ton of interest in Velasquez. Well, like the middle of the lineup and the bottom of the order, they don't really walk a lot anyway. So, you know, hopefully this is a spot. I'm with you, by the way. I really like Velasquez for tournaments. Like, everyone knows I'm a three-entry guy for baseball most nights and i think this is a spot i'll probably play him one out of three teams um i i like the spot for him i think the upside is definitely warranted here and the matchup is fantastic we're just streaming pitchers against milwaukee at this point because the lineup kind of stinks and there's a lot of strikeouts so when you have a strikeout pitcher against this team it's kind of juicy and velasquez is a guy that's probably going to give up a couple home runs in this game, but he's also a guy that can strike out eight in this game. So I definitely like him 
Um, any Milwaukee bats that you like in this one? Honestly, I don't mind the stack. I don't mind. This is, this is strictly a pricing point. Obviously, if Yelich is back in the lineup, I don't think he's supposed to be back in the lineup tomorrow. But if he is, that might change things a little bit. But overall, like Wong sitting at 4.1K. He's the only remotely priced up guy in the entire lineup. Like Vogelbach saying at 2.8, Garcia saying at 3.1, Shaw saying at 3.5. Like this is a spot where you're getting a 7K pitcher going up and against the lineup that's an average of 3.5K. Like this is cheap going up against cheap. This is a pricing move. It's not a terrible ballpark. Temperature is supposed to be all right over in Philly. Like I have a decent amount of interest in this stack, even though I'm going to be using a lot of Velasquez just because of the strikeout upside because Vogelbach does have some power. Wong has some power. Garcia has some power. Shaw has some power. McKinney has some power. Like those are the guys I'd be looking at. And you can round out the stack with anyone else because they're all super cheap. Um, But like a few of these power bats, like Velasquez has always been a guy that's given up a whole bunch of bombs. Like looking at the beginning of last season, he's obviously been a lot worse versus righties than versus lefties because of that changeup and curveball. And there's obviously not a righty in the lineup outside of Garcia and then some trash ones down there at the bottom. But even so, this is not a horrible matchup for them in terms of fantasy production. If they put the ball in play, and either Velasquez is going to greatly outdo his price or this lineup is going to greatly outdo their price. There's almost no in between. That's just how it is because they strike out a bunch and Velasquez gives up power. So, yes, in short, I'm going to be playing Velasquez and I'm going to be playing a decent amount of Milwaukee bats. Um, Kane and Yelich are supposed to be activated this week, but we don't know which day. Um, so, if they're both back in the lineup, obviously it's a little bit of a downgrade to Velasquez. But overall, you're, you're really just chasing the upside. Um, and then as far as, like, Milwaukee goes, like, this might be a spot you definitely take advantage of some of these cheaper bats, especially if the weather holds off. This is a good ballpark for left-handed power bats. So there's a lot of cheap bats here, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense to take some shots, you know. And then on the Philly side of things, I think Hauser is definitely somebody you can kind of target in this spot. You know, Hoskins has been absolutely crushing the ball. The only thing that concerns me a little bit is Hoskins and McCutcheon are like guys you typically want in your stack in this Philly stack. And Hauser is really solid, almost elite against right-handed hitters. Yeah, I mean, in terms of getting up fancy projection or production, he really is elite versus right. He's like, since the beginning of 2019, a 272 Woba, a 122 ISO. Those are elite numbers, 23% K rate. He's just been a lot worse versus lefties. Like it's, it's just that simple. So I don't have a ton of interest in McCutcheon. I don't have a ton of interest in Hoskins, which is weird for me to say. Um, but overall, like Hauser's just not really a great pitcher for opposing fantasy production. Price tags are a little bit high on Hoskins, Harper, and well, maybe not Harper, but Hoskins, Real Muto and McCutcheon. So I'm probably going to stay away from the Phillies. Yes, they can get it done, but it's probably going to be just do it a bad because he's a low strikeout pitcher. I don't see a ton of fantasy points being scored here, even if five runs are being put up. So I'm off the Phillies entirely. Um, moving on, we got the Dodgers and the Cubs. No total in this game. Um, the Dodgers are a 172 favorite. Walker Bueller versus Kyle Hendricks. Um, looks like it's going to be pretty ne- neutral wins. Uh, but there is some concern for rain. 
Do you have any interest here in Bueller? I think you kind of have to. I mean, Bueller has been fantastic in his last two starts, 10Ks, 9Ks. He's been way different pitcher than he has been uh, the first three starts of the season. His price tag sitting under 10K. There's only two elite pitcher options. He's going up against the Cubs, who have strike struck out at a pretty decent rate this season. The weather is not supposed to be great out in Wrigley. Obviously, we'll wait and see what the wind ends up being, but that could change it. But Bueller, like, even though he's pitching for the Dodgers, like, he's still gotten over 90 pitches, 90 or more pitches in every single matchup so far this season. The strikeouts have been there in the last two matchups, even in tough matchup going up against Cincinnati and tough one going up against San Diego. So, yeah, honestly, he might be a better play than Bueller is. Um, man, I think Bueller's definitely in play. It's more of just, you know, pitching deep into games. But I think that if the weather holds off in this game, the Cubs lineup is definitely one of the, the most strikeout lineup, like heavy lineups in baseball. So I, I think this is a spot you have to have some interest in Walker Bueller. Um, is he my favorite pitcher on the slate? I think it's close, but I, I think right now it's hard not to like glass now, just how he's pitching this season. Um, so we'll get to that when we get there, but yeah, I think Walker Bueller's a strong play. Um, Hendricks on the other side of this game, like it's a righty going up against the Dodgers. It's not a big strikeout guy. Like this is an easy pass for me. Yeah, he is super cheap, but this dude has given up nine home runs in the last three starts. Not something he normally does. So something's clearly happening. He's either he's tipping pitches or I don't know, but I'm like, if it were a different matchup at this price tag, I'd take a shot on him against the Dodgers. No chance, like especially Dodgers versus a righty, no chance at all. Even though he's cheap, there's other cheap guys on the slate I'd rather go with. I'm going to pass on him. All right. Um, Dodgers bats. Load them up. Like Hendricks is giving up a ton of bombs. He's just been getting absolutely crushed recently. Gives up a lot more power to lefties than he does to righties. Gives up a decent amount of hard contact, a decent amount of hard ball, hard or fly balls to lefties. So Seager, Muncy, both very much in play. Betts and Turner obviously in play. Mike Hendricks just hasn't been right so far this season. It's not the greatest weather, um, but like it's it's the Dodgers. Like they're not my favorite stack on the plate slate, but they're always in play. And I mean, outside of bets, you don't have a single bat over five K. And the lefties are the ones in a real premier spot in Seager and Muncy. Um, yeah, the, the Dodgers are in a great spot. Don't overthink them. Um, they're a great pivot off the course. What are we doing here with the Cubs? Anything? Baiting. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on the Cubs, too. Like, the problem with the Cubs, too, in this spot is outside of Rizzo, they're really kind of priced – up for a tough matchup instead of like getting a discount if the cubs had a discount in this spot sure take a shot on stacking them but they're they're priced up they're not cheap yeah uh texas at minnesota eight and a half total minnesota 178 favorite we got dunning against maeda um any interest here in dunning not gonna go late enough in the game twins are a very good hitting lineup 
Like he has 6.6K. I won't argue with anyone playing him, but he's not really on my radar. It's just a spot where he's been a decent pitcher so far this season, but the leash just hasn't been long enough the entire time. And it's just a tough match overall. So no real interest in him. Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest here in Dunning. I don't think he's necessarily a great play. And like you said, we really don't know how deep he's going to pitch into the games. Um, Any interest here in Maeda? He's been bad recently. He's been real bad recently. He's 7.8K. Like, he may not go late into the game, obviously. Hasn't gone over 88 pitches all season long. Last two outings, he's just gotten terribly beat up, giving up three home runs. The Texas or the Rangers can hit the ball out of the ballpark, but I think you have to have interest in him. Like, I, I definitely got to do a little bit more of a dive into him, try and figure out what exactly is going on, because even in – the last matchup, he had four fly balls and three home runs. Before that, he had seven fly balls, three home runs. So he might just be on the bad side of home run to fly ball variance. He's obviously a better guy against righties than he is versus lefties based on his pitch mix. And this is not a predominantly left-handed or predominantly right-handed lineup. So the matchup isn't great. It's a good strikeout matchup, but I need to figure out what's going wrong with him because I think he's just getting super unlucky. There's no way that... He should have done what – there's no way what happened to him should have happened to him in the last two starts. And so I think there's a high enough uh, upside matchup that you have to have a lot of interest in him. I just kind of want to wait and see where ownership's going to lie because he's got a 3.5 run total against him. He's got the K stuff. It's just is what's happened – is he tipping pitches? That's pretty much it. I think he's going to be pretty chalky, um, but we'll see. You know, 50% home run to fly ball ratio and 43% home run to fly ball ratio in those games against Cleveland and Oakland. Um, so I think obviously we have a little bit of an outlier with Kenta Maeda, you know, especially if we go back and we look at his numbers from years past. Like he's just not a guy that's going to give up home runs that much. Like he's at 2.7 on the season. He was 1.2 last season and 1.29 the year before that. So I, I think that at this price in this matchup, yeah, he's risky because this team does have a lot of power and home run guys. But I think Kenta Maeda is someone that you have to have some interest here at 7.8K. Um, Texas Bats, like the the argument is, well, maybe he doesn't get a fix. And we get Nate Lowe at 3,800. We get Joey Gallo at 3,500. We get Willie Calhoun at 3K. Um, David Dahl at 2.9. Like, this might be your garbage stack of the day. And if Maeda is popular, like, this stack might be really low owned. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's the main thing. Like, we taking this year into account, like, we know that he's just been pretty bad overall, especially recently. Um, but looking at him just throughout the course of a while, like, looking at his numbers so far versus lefties this year. He's got a 5x fit compared to 3.44x. That's taking into account home run to fly ball variance. So even taking that into account where he's giving up almost 2.7 home runs per nine, he still has not been great to lefties. And we look at all the prior seasons, like his entire career, um, he's been a guy that's been way better versus righties than he is versus lefties. And so like Gallo, Calhoun, Lowe, Dahl, 
all guys that are super cheap, like not a single one of them is over 4K. This is a cheap stack that you can also throw in Garcia. I don't know if I want to throw in Solak because he's 5K, but he's hidden. Like, I don't want to target righties against him. There's so many lefties in this lineup where it's just a bad matchup for him. So, yeah, like you said, he's probably going to be chalked tomorrow just based off of his price tag, based off of his K numbers, based off of the implied total going up against him of 3.5. This is a sneaky stack, even if it's just like a three-man stack for price savings if you want to pay it for both Bueller, Bueller and Glass now. So Gallo, Lowe, Calhoun, and Dahl are all fantastic plays in this spot that I don't know if they're going to get a ton of ownership. It'll be really interesting to see what Maeda's ownership is and then kind of look at the Texas bats and look what their ownership is. But um, I could definitely see playing some of these guys on teams. You're not playing Maeda on the Minnesota side of things. You know, I think Minnesota is a strong team. It's just, they're expensive. They're like, they're priced more than like the Dodgers and they're priced more than like cores. Um, I think the spot is fine, but it's going to be really tough to kind of fit them in. They're going to be contrarian because of their price. Yeah, I mean, Dunning's been fairly good this season. Like I said, the main reason for not using him is he's not going to go late into the game. Texas may not have a great bullpen, but I don't think they've been much worse than average so far this season. Dunning's a big ground ball pitcher with a decent K rate that doesn't walk a lot of guys. So it's overall really not that great of a matchup for him. They're just a good hitting team. So, yeah, won't argue with playing Minnesota bats. Um, but overall, like, it's not a good spot. And – the bats you want to go with are righties and Donaldson, Buxton, and Cruz. Um, they're all expensive. And Dunning is a guy that gets a ton of ground balls, sitting at 60% so far this year versus righties. Strikes him out at a 28% clip. Like, he's been good versus righties. So it's not a good match for them. They're all overpriced. And so who else are you going to go with outside of that? Maybe Kepler um, is the one guy we really consider too much at 3.4K. Um, hasn't been great this year, but overall, very good batter. He's he's the one guy that kind of stands out there because Dunning's been a pretty extreme splits guy. Or yeah, that's pretty much it. Maybe kill it off at two point nine k. All right, um, moving on. We got the Mets and the Cardinals. No total in this game. Assuming that it's going to be Wainwright and Luke C. We'll see uh, if Wainwright's going to pitch in this game or not. Um, any interest here in Luke AC? Uh, yeah, I also kind of heard that might be Tehan Walker. Um, I think regardless, I don't have interest in either of them. Uh, Cardinals aren't a bad lineup. They're not great pitchers. I know Walker's had a pretty decent K rate, but he's been wild. It's Luke Casey. Luke Casey's probably not going to go over 70 pitches. So no interest in the pitchers for the Mets regardless. I mean, I wouldn't hate Walker if he was pitching this game. Um, depending on his price, let's see. He is 7K. I think he'd be okay at that price in this matchup, right? No? like I mean, not bad, but like this is a slate where I'd probably rather go with Velasquez. Um, I'd probably rather pay down. Otani's on the slate. Montas is on the slate. Matt's is on the slate. Like, I don't know, maybe just because those are all guys that I like quite a bit, but um, like he'd be fine, but I'd rather not roll with him. I think it also depends on if they do end up rolling like a six righty lineup against him, then Walker is, is good enough against righties that he would be okay. 
I don't like Luke Casey if he pitches for what it's worth. Um, and then I'm assuming it's going to be Wainwright. We'll see. Um, if it's Wainwright, I don't really have a ton of interest in him. Um, at all. Either way, he's 8K. Um, and this just doesn't set up to be like a great matchup for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has been a little bit reverse split so far this season. Uh, and there's a lot of lefties in this lineup. Um, but looking into the past, like he's been a guy that has struck out righties more than lefties, um, but he's been slightly worse to lefties than he has been to righties overall. So it's really not the greatest matchup in the world. Like this is a good lineup. They've got a lot of good bats all the way up and down. Wainwright can go up to hundred pitches, but he's priced at 8k. Like if he was cheaper, I'd probably have some interest in him, but yeah, not really a ton of interest if uh, he's in there. So yeah, no, no real interest in Wainwright. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, Mets bats. Anything standing out to you for the Mets? I think you can go Nimmo if he's in the lineup there, batting leadoff. He's obviously a pretty decent bat going up against Wainwright with platoon split. Um, Lindor always fine. He no, he hasn't bad that great this season. Uh, Alonzo always a good bat. McNeil, Conforto both got the platoon split. It's mostly the top of the lineup is where I would end up going, but. Not really one of my favorite stacks on the slate. I'm probably going to fade him. Yeah, like, honestly, when I look at Wainwright, I want to target, like, right-handed power bats. So I I think Pete Alonso is a one-off is super strong here. But overall, I probably won't stack the Mets. I could see why you would. Um, Cardinals bats, anything that you like here? If Lucchese's pitching, then I think there's definitely a little bit to like here. I mean, Lucchese's a lefty, and he may not even go that late into the game, but it doesn't matter. Still lefty going up against Goldschmidt, going up against Carlson. If he's in the lineup there, he's sitting at 3.4K. Arenado going up against the lefty is a pretty solid spot. DeJong is 4.1K going up against a lefty. Lucchese's a guy that gives up a decent amount of fly balls, a lot of hard contact, right-handed pitching. He's just not a great pitcher overall. He's not terrible, but he's definitely worse against righties than he is versus lefties. So I think you have to have a decent amount of interest in the Cardinals lineup, specifically the hard-hitting righty bats. Yeah, if Lucchese's pitching, ton of interest in Goldschmidt and Arenado, um, if, then I'd probably throw like O'Neal or one of those other guys in there to make it like a three-man secondary stack. Uh, moving on. We have Cleveland at Kansas City, eight and a half total in this one. Um, Cleveland, a slight favorite in this spot. It's going to be Civil against uh, Daniel Lynch. I think this is Lynch's first career start. I'll have to yep. look into that really quick. Um, do you have any interest here in Civil? A little bit, but he's priced at 8.9K. I'd rather just pay down on guys. Uh He's been pretty decent so far this season, put up over 15 points each as a matchups, but has really been a little bit worse lately after playing the Tigers in the first two matchups. Royals is not a horrible line or a horrible matchup for him, but the price tag just gets me off of him. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think if he's going to be super low owned, I have some interest in this spot just because I'm not overly concerned with like the Kansas city lineup. So I think he's in play. I don't think he's the worst option um, in this range, but I, I definitely think he's someone you can look at. And then on the other side, like Lynch's 4k. Um, 
But man, he is 61st in this organization's prospect rankings. Um, that doesn't bid well. No, it doesn't. This is a guy that was in the farm system from 2018 to 2019. Never pitched more than A plus ball. An ace plus ball. He was just a mediocre overall pitcher, like pretty much 25% K rate. Not a huge sample size, obviously, last season because of COVID. Didn't really get any numbers from him. He doesn't project out to be that great of a pitcher in the majors, but he's 4K. <laughs> like, he's 4K. He's a guy with, like, not a great, but a decent curveball, decent changeup, a decent slider, a decent fastball. Nothing good. Like, not supposed to be a great guy. Clearly not ready, but... He's got some raw stuff. I could see him coming in here and actually pitching serviceful for 4K. Like, this is a slate where we have both Glass now and Bueller on this slate. I want to pay up for one of them. We have Coors on the slate. I'm going to be using Daniel Lynch, and it could just completely bite me. Like, I want to hear a little bit more about what his potential pitch count could be. Um, I don't know. Uh if it's going to be much, um, but if he's going to pitch late enough into the game, it's 4K. He's 4K. We don't see 4K pitchers that often. We haven't seen any real 4K pitchers all season long. In the past, especially with a guy making his first start, we see some 4K pitchers, um, and we, they end up going for 15, 18, 20 points, which might be good enough to do this on a core slate with both Bueller and Glass now on it. I will be using some D- Daniel Lynch, and my night might be done real quick. Yeah, it, it's just, it's really tough to kind of judge this. Um, so I completely understand it, and we'll kind of have to see what the lineup looks like and everything. Um, let's talk bats. You know, first guy that obviously stands out to me for Cleveland is Luplo at 4,100, um, like Jose Ramirez as well. Those guys are very good against lefties. If Perez cracks the lineup, um, he's another guy that's good against lefties, but he's banged up right now, so you'll have to wait and kind of see. Um, yeah, it's a, like something with his finger, so maybe you don't play him. Um, but yeah, I think Ramirez, Luplo are really strong plays here, but... They're going to have to throw a lot of lefties at Lynch, and it kind of goes back to your argument that, like, he could be super serviceable here at at 4K. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't really, like, I will stack up Cleveland. Like, I do the same thing anytime. It's a guy that's clearly not major league ready, um, making his first start. We don't know what this is going to be, and anytime there's uncertainty, it's a spectrum of possible things that could happen. He could pitch lights out, like we saw with, I don't know, Freddie Peralta in his first start in Coors, pitching like 10 strikeouts. Or he could get absolutely destroyed. Like, there's any number of things in between. Um, Again, wait to see what his potential pitch count could be in this spot, because it could just end up being a bullpen game. Um, But yeah, if this lineup, like the stack's in order, but the two guys that really grade out as good bats are Luplau and... Ramirez like both those guys great at really well Luplo very very cheap at 4.1k Ramirez an elite elite hitter going up against a lefty that's making his first start yeah um the other side of this game what are your thoughts here on Kansas City 
Witt's fine, but he's um, 5.4K like always. So, or Perez is a good play. Like he's one of the better catcher plays on the slate. So Vale is much worse versus righties than his versus lefties. Um, but he's 5.2K. So if you have the if you have the money, go ahead and pay it for him at catcher. Slayer's the guy that stands out as a good play. Slayer is a guy with a ton of power, like strikes out a bunch, and he's going up against a decent strikeout pitcher. But it's the beginning of the last season, 206 ISO to righties, giving up a decent amount of hard contact. Like Slayer is probably the top point per dollar play in this on the team. But you can play any of these guys. And Svale's not really a guy that gets blown up a ton. There's not a huge Vegas imply total. So I probably won't stack up the Royals. It'll mostly be Perez as a one-off paying up for a catcher if I have the money or Slayer as just a value play that can easily give you a bomb or two. Um, yeah, I don't love Kansas City here, but yeah, Perez is super solid. He's just super expensive. The guys that you would want to play are Santana Perez with Merrifield, and they're all over 5K. It's tough to pay for them on a, a slate with cores. I think Ben Detendi at 3K, Solera at 3,700, and like maybe O'Hearn as maybe like a secondary cheaper stack would be how I'd potentially look at if I was playing this team. Um, San Francisco at Colorado, 10 total. Colorado, a 110 favorite. We got Aaron Sanchez against Herman Marquez. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Aaron Sanchez? It's chorus. He's going to get crushed. It's not supposed to be particularly warm, and uh, it may be – the rain's supposed to stop by then, but it's supposed to rain for the next 24 hours here in Denver. So this game might be in some trouble. I don't know. I'm no meteorologist. I just know how to look at a weather app. Um, so look out for this. But if the game plays, even in colder weather, even against a bad hitting team in Colorado, Sanchez is a guy that throws four pitches, fastball, changeup, sinker, curveball. He throws a curveball about 25, 20, 25% of the time. That's not going to happen. That's not going to work out well here in Coors never does i do not like curveball pitchers and cores so i have no interest in sanchez i have no interest in marquez i think the rockies are the top stack on the slate um for sure and then as far as san francisco a little banged up here as far as san francisco goes but um I still don't really have a ton of interest here in marquez it's just no interest it's cores if anybody's been listening to the podcast this season, they know how high I am on the Giants, and they have to be no they they have to know like I am super pumped to get the Giants at these prices in cores, like by far my favorite team on the slate. And it honestly, Grant, it's not even that close. What is DraftKings doing? Belt is still 3.4k. <laughs> now he's 3.4k. Dickerson's 3.5. Crouchman <laughs> might be batting second and he's 2K. Yep. Like, there's not a single guy over 5K. It's one of the cheaper stacks on the slate is the Giants <laughs> in cores. This is just this is just trash. Like, this is just a miss. Belt's been a mispricing for a, what a year and a half now. Like, this is just ridiculous. If you're looking yeah, but- at cash, you need Dickerson, Trouchman, if he's batting second. Belt, probably Posey. Like, you need these guys in your lineup. 
And it's just, it's ridiculous to me that they are this cheap. Point per dollar, not even remotely close. By far the best stack on the slate. Chalky is stacking the slate too. Um, yeah, no, they're going to be so heavily owned. It, it, the only reason you fade them is game theory, which I might be fading them. Yeah, I, I completely understand why you would, um, but I think this is a spot that they're just they're just way underpriced. Can't remember the last time I wanted to pay forty eight hundred for Buster Posey, but like, I, I think the savings are so much from the rest of the team that it's it just makes a ton of sense, and then. The Rockies, they're they're a really strong stack here too. Um, Aaron Sanchez, a guy that uses, like you said, sinkers and stuff to try to generate ground balls. That stuff's not going to work in course. Um, and the Rockies are cheap. Yeah, Blackman's super cheap. Like, again, he may not have been doing great so far this season, but dude's still a super solid hitter. Like, look at his numbers. Like, he's ob- he's against righty so far this season 300 above 158 iso that's not good he's striking out at 13.6 percent clip he's walking at 12.1 percent clip he is getting hard contact at 36 percent barely getting any soft contact positive regression is coming his way and that price tag is just silly crone solid hitter mcmahon solid hitter story solid hitter going up against a guy that goes for ground balls with a sinker and a change ball playing in cores where those don't work out well play the Rockies. Like I probably prefer them in tournaments to the giants. Yeah. Um, I think they're both really strong plays. And I think in cash games, you're going to see a lot of game stacks of this game because you can game stack this game and still play glass now. So you could probably game stack this game and still play two top end pitchers if you wanted to. Um, and that should never be the case. Anyway, moving on. We got Tampa at LA taking on the Angels. It is a seven and a half total. Um, kind of a pick'em game. It's Glass now against Otani. Um, talk to me about Tyler Glass now here. I mean, probably the top raw points on play on the slate. He's going up against an Angel team that doesn't strike out a lot. But the biggest wear with Glass now is always how late he's gonna go into the game. Look at every single game the season has not pitched since the first game of the season, has not pitched less than 94 pitches. He's had 10 strikeouts in three of his last four. Had one game where he only gave up five hits but happened to give up five runs because Vlad, I think, or someone hit a three-run home run in the bottom of the first, and he had some unlucky babbit. The guy is striking out people at a massive clip. He's one of the best pitchers in the majors. They're actually giving him a decent leash. It's glass now. Like he's probably the top raw points on the slate. Play on the slate. I'm gonna wait and see if he's gonna draw that much more ownership than Bueller, and I'll probably make my decision that way. Yeah, um, he's a great play. It's it's a tougher matchup. Don't get me wrong, but he's a great play. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Otani? I mean, worry about how late he's going to actually pitch into the game. Got 75 pitches, I think, in his last matchup. Still managed to strike out nine guys. Still a slate where you want to pay up. I'll have some interest in him going up against a Tampa Bay team that strike out strikes out a pretty decent clip versus lefties. I'll wait and see where the lineup comes out. Depends on how many guys end up platooning, but I'll have some interest in Otani regardless. Yeah, we'll have to see if he's pitching. Um, I know he got hit by a ball. 
the other day and he's he's been kind of sore and they said that it's a possibility that he doesn't pitch but if he does pitch i think he has it's a strikeout heavy team against a strikeout pitcher um so the upside is definitely there um yeah let's talk bats anything standing out to you for tampa not really. Otani's a solid pitcher. Maybe if they end up pitching someone else, I might have a little bit more interest in him, but I'm probably just crossing off bats from this game. Like, it's not like they're overwhelmingly cheap. Cheap guys are lefties and guys without power and a whole lot of upside. So I'm not playing Tampa Bay bats. And like, yeah, you can throw in Trout, Rendon, Walsh into your lineups against Glass now, but Trout's expensive. Rendon and Walsh probably priced where they should be for a normal matchup and some matchup versus glass now. So I'm crossing off bats in this game. Yeah. I don't really have any interest in bats in this game either. Um, Trout 6.2 K Jared Walsh coming off of a big weekend um, with a couple home runs um, the other night. But I, I think this is a spot. You're going to stay away from bats in this game. Overall Toronto at Oakland, uh, eight and a half total here. Oakland's a 129 favorite. It's Mats against um, Montas. Any interest here in Steven Mats? I mean, he's been pitching well this season. Again, that's likely because of the matchups. And he finally had a tough one going up against Washington. Didn't really produce Oakland. Decent strikeout matchup. Overall, pretty good lineup. So I'm probably not paying 8.4K for him. Yeah, I don't think he's a terrible play, but I also think that this lineup um, can give any left-handed pitcher fits. So if he's low-owned, maybe take some shots in tournaments, but if he's going to be somewhat popular, I don't think this is a spot for him. And then Frankie Montas on the other side, coming off of a, a matchup that was great on paper and just hasn't, hasn't been pitching well over the last couple starts. Um, he's 8.1K. He gets another team that strikes out a bunch. Um, do you have any interest here in him? I actually have a lot of interest in him um, going up against a strikeout heavy lineup playing over in Oakland where you're less worried about their power. It's supposed to be six, seven degrees Montas in the last match versus Tampa Bay. I was watching along the entire time, kept him in a little bit too long. And he had a rough six inning where he ended up giving up a few runs um, because his, he was tired. His velocity was down, uh, got up to 105 pitches in that game. They're giving him a pretty long leash. Let him go up over a hundred pitches, three of the last, five starts this season. So he's a guy that's 8.1 K. I think he has a decent amount of upside in this spot here. It's all if the ball stays in the ballpark, which is one of the best spots for a guy that gives up some fly balls. Toronto has been very good this season. I think people will largely stay away from Montas because of his struggles in the last two. Um, even though the last one, he really didn't actually pitch that bad home runs are less of a concern bet playing at home than they are on the road. So yeah, I have a lot of interest in Montas. Yeah, I think he's super interesting for tournaments, especially if he's going to be lower owned. Um, this is another game that I really don't have a ton of interest in bats. Um, I don't really like any of the Toronto bats outside of like rolling out a stack. And then on the Oakland side, you know, Mark Hanna is fine. Lowry's fine. Murphy's fine. Chapman's fine. Like you can definitely roll out a stack here of Oakland, but I think there's just better stacks on this slate in general. Yep. Yeah, I don't really have any interest in bats in the spot like i said i'm a big fan of montas like he's had a few bad outings this season but against minnesota and the dodgers so i'm not gonna hold that against him uh yeah overall like these are expensive bats going up against decent pitchers not really a spot i want to go with 
Pittsburgh at San Diego. Um, it's going to be Anderson against Lamette. No total in this game because I think we're waiting for official news if Lamette is going to start or not. Um, let's start with Anderson. Tyler Anderson, a lefty, going up against the Padres. Um, probably one of the toughest matchups in baseball for left-handed pitching. This is an easy stay-away spot for me. Yep, no interest at all. Um, and then Lamette at 9.1K with so many unknowns. Um, he, he's probably going to be a pass for me, too, if he is the one that ends up starting in this game. Um, I saw something that he might pitch or not, so we'll have to kind of see. Yeah, it could be him or it could be Miguel Diaz in a bullpen game. Either way, I'm not fully out. If Lamette's starting, he's 9.1K, only played once this season, only went 29 pitch, pitches. They're a team with a super stacked starting lineup and a pretty stacked bullpen. There's no reason for them to get him over 50 pitches in the spot. At 9.1K, it's an absolute no-go. Yeah. Um, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you um, for the Pittsburgh Pirates? No, especially if Mets starting. If Diaz is playing, it's probably going to be mostly bullpen game. Diaz is not a great pitcher overall. Um, he's not terrible, though. It's He'll be in there for two innings. They're priced up like Frazier's 4.8K, Reynolds is 4.9K. Pretty much everyone in their lineup is more expensive than any San Francisco bat for some strange reason. Uh, so, no, I have no interest in the Pittsburgh bats. And then as far as, like, the Padres go, I think they're the best pivot off of cores and the Dodgers and stuff. I think this is a great spot for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Anderson is a lefty that can give up some power. Um, this lineup is just absolutely stacked uh, all the way up and down. So, Anderson giving up. Since the beginning of 2019, uh, 200 ISO to both sides of the plate. So Tatis, Grisham, Machado, Hosmer, Myers, Cronenworth, even Profar, all great plays. Like this is a spot where they should put up a bunch of runs going up against a lackluster pitcher. So, yes, I have quite a bit of uh, interest in them. Yeah, I have a lot of interest in them. I think this is a great team to target. Um, and hopefully – because it is the late game that their ownership is a little bit lower. Um, I hope Tommy Pham is someone that cracks the lineup at 2.7 K to kind of make the chat, the, the stack a little bit cheaper, but yeah, I like the Padres a lot here. Tatis, um, one of the top plays on the slate, Machado Myers. Um, if you're stacking the Padres, don't be afraid to throw like Hosmer in there as well, or even Gresham to make it really, really different. Uh, because I really just don't think Anderson's going to pitch deep in this game. Um, we finish it out with Baltimore at Seattle. No total for this game. It's um, Kramer against Swanson. Any interest here in Kramer? Yep. Kramer has been a guy that's been a pretty decent strikeout pitcher so far this season. Like we don't have a huge sample size. It was pretty much this season, last season, about 32 innings so far in the majors. But in that time frame, he's seeing right around a 25% K rate. Walks a decent amount of guys drawn that back a little bit this year in a very limited sample size of just four starts uh got beat up by the yankees absolutely no 
problem with that. Didn't do well against Seattle last time he played. Only went three innings, but pitch count got up to 89 pitches in the last start. Could be closer to 100. He's probably going to be a part of this rotation. Seattle strikes out at a pretty decent clip. He's 6.1K, not going to draw a ton of ownership. Lots of potential upside with this K rate and going up against a high strikeout lineup in the Mariners. So he's probably going to be a guy that I use a decent amount just based on pricing. Yeah, I don't hate him. Um, I, I definitely see the appeal of taking shots on him here. Um, I probably won't, but I don't expect him to pitch too deep into the game either. But I completely understand why. Um, and then Eric Swanson on the other side, he's another guy that I really don't expect to pitch too deep into this game. And I think both of these like teams are super interesting for tournaments. Yeah, Swanson probably not going to go terribly late in the game. And the... The Mariners' bullpen is not good. Last year, they were historically bad. This season, they're not a good bullpen. So this is likely going to be a bullpen game. They had to use quite a bit of bullpen arms on Saturday. Had to use a few of them on Sunday. So they got Swanson in there just to pitch pitch a few extra innings. And that's basically where it is. And going up against Baltimore, obviously Baltimore is not a great team. But anytime you get a bad bullpen with a bad starting bullpen arm, going up against a decent team with some power. Um, Hayes is 3.3K, Mullins is 4.3K, Mancini is 4.8K, an absolutely fantastic play. Stewart is 3K. It's going to be a bullpen game, like I said, so I'm not really worrying about lefties or righties. You can play any of these guys. And then over on the Seattle side, I mean, I know that I have a decent amount of interest in Kramer, a guy that we don't have a ton of history on in the majors. And he's still a guy, though, that I think, think gives up a decent amount of home runs not a huge sample size but he grades out as just a below average ground ball pitcher so the ball's going to be put in the air a decent amount any guy with power Seeger, lewis france hanniger is just like bell just always underpriced and it's silly to me marmalos is 2.8k like i said this is a cheap lineup where you can throw a full stack in there going up against a guy who's not really a great pitcher, just decent strikeout stuff and a lot of unknown because we haven't seen a huge sample size of him in the majors. And Baltimore is a below average bullpen. So even if he doesn't make it that late in the game, which he may have a leash of 100 pitches, they can get some damage done. Um, Man, this is like the with weird the rock. Slight. I know, but the Rockies and the and the Orioles just being so cheap, th- this just seems like the excellent game to pivot off of just in general. Like the Rockies and the Rockies and the Giants should definitely outscore Baltimore and Seattle, what, seventy percent of the time? Yeah. And, I mean, something to add, it's going to be 43 degrees tomorrow. It's not great hitting weather. Like, it, Denver is just super weird. And, by the way, Tuesday it's supposed to be, like, 75 degrees. I don't understand this city I live in, but um, just the way it is. Like, we could potentially see the Rockies get rained out, in which case slate is entirely different, just like it is every course slate. But decent chance of lane red, rain lets up before them. But it's still going to be 43 degrees. It's not warm. It's not good hitting red weather for Coors. Coors is still the best hitting weather on the slate. Marquez is a pretty decent pitcher. Sanchez is not a slouch. So pivoting off of them when salary does not matter on this slate. And you can still 
You could do a Coors double stack. When have you ever been able to do a Coors double stack and been able to pay up for the top two arms on the slate? <laughs> I mean, a few times ever. So it kind of stinks for sure. Yeah. And those slates were generally where arms were like seven and eight K because there was not, it was a small slate. You can get two aces, like stone cold aces with a Coors double stack. I'll wait and see where things end up going on ownership, but I then likely the slate is taken down with a Coors double stack and glass and Bueller, but that's because that's where all the ownership is. This is definitely an interesting spot where you take, take teams that can end up putting up seven, eight runs with three to four home runs and just hope Coors is a game where there's not much home runs because it's cold outside and it's spread out throughout things. It just ends up being a five to four game. Um, any other thoughts here before we move on to the morning grind game? No, I don't think so. Like just pay attention, pay attention to where ownership's at. It's, it's that simple. All right, let's play the morning grind game and we'll get out of here. We'll give out our super draft play of the day. Um, Give me your favorite play under um, or under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Uh, this is tough. Vasquez. Velasquez, I mean. Um, I'll go Kentai Maeda. Over 8K to score under 15. Hauser. I'll go Mats and not feel confident about it. Um, over 4K to hit a home run, not in course. Uh, I'm going to go with Tatis. Um, give me Pete Alonzo. Under 4K to get two hits, that's not in course. Hanniger. I like it. I like it. Um... I'll stay I'll stay in that same game. Give me Give me Kyle Lewis. I don't I don't even know if he has a two-hit game yet this season. I think he only has one. Um, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that team. Stack to score six or more runs. I'm going to go with I'll go with Baltimore. All right. I'm going to take the cheat card and say San Diego. Um, any over under against the spread? Any Anything standing out to you here night before? Um, Cleveland sitting at minus 110 with Savale going up against a guy making his first star. That just seems like a bad line. Um, I don't know. The coin flip in cores is always interesting. I honestly think that Coors is probably – I mean, the Rockies are probably a better play. Marquez is way better pitcher, and Sanchez does knock right out as a good Coors pitcher. Yeah. I'm going to take Philly minus 115 as my my one. I like that one. Um. All right, let's, let's look at our Super Draft plays of the day. Um, do you have anything – oh, they're – is there slate up? Yeah, it's up. I had yeah. to refresh. Um, what's standing out to you on Superdraft today? Glass now at 1.5x is the top overall pitching play. 
And Baltimore is the top overall stack. DJ Stewart's at 1.7x. Hayes is at 1.75x. Mullins is at 1.6x. Moncastle is at 1.6x. And even Mancini's at 1.35x. Franco's at 1.4x. You can get stack that up four or five, do a four-man stack four or five different ways and not get a single bat under 1.3x. Um, I mean, Brandon Belt, uh, I think it's pretty clear that Brandon Belt and Dickerson at 1.4 and 1.6 are guys that I'm going to be playing um, quite a bit. So anything else um, for today? Nope. Pay attention to weather tomorrow. Again, not seeing what I'm seeing in Coors. It's, pay attention to what Roth does say, like you do every single day. All right, um, that's going to wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball and some basketball. Good luck, everyone. Hope everyone had a great weekend. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Hey, kids.